0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Circles by Post Malone, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Doug Stryker. Doug grew up in the small town of Arlington, Iowa, but has gone on to do big things in the wrestling community. He was a two-time Iowa high school state champion for Starmont before becoming an All-American at the University of Iowa. He became the head wrestling coach, of the Linmar Lions in 1997, and has built them into one of the most well-respected programs in the state. His wealth of wrestling knowledge is great, and it's easy to understand why he's been able to sustain so much success. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Coach Doug Stryker. Doug Stryker, thank you for joining the podcast.
1: Glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Um, So you've been a coach now 25 years? Has it been 25 years? Yeah, it has been. Yep. It goes fast. Yeah how how do you stay motivated after all this time? What keeps you going?
1: Oh, it's just uh, the interactions with kids. You know, I mean, just dealing with the different kids there every day. And like I said, you go to school in the fall, and it's it's it's, it's the same job for twenty five years, but it's every fall it's different. You know, it's mm-hmm. that excitement of coming back to school, and the kids are excited to be there, and you take the good with the bad, obviously. But it's just the excitement of being around. You know the younger generation is fun. Most
0: of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time. That's, that's good. Um, you're a PE teacher there at at Linmar, correct? Still. Yep. Yep. And you you do high school. Yeah. Yep. High school PE. Did you ever think about doing younger kids?
1: Uh, I, I, that's not my thing. I I know, I know right away that that's not my thing to, to, to work with, the younger kids are, I mean, middle school, maybe, but younger than that is, to, um, you, you work with them in your club and that's enough. You know, I wouldn't want to do it all day, every day.
0: Yeah. How, how did you end up? So you coach at Linmar. How did you end up getting into Linmar back in 97?
1: Well, it was kind of a, one of those, you know, it was kind of meant to be, um, we were living in Illinois and I was, I went back to school to get my teaching endorsements cause I didn't have it after leaving Iowa. And, um, so I went with my, my my girlfriend at the time and went to Illinois and she got a teaching job and I went back to school and to get my teaching endorsement and work construction and all that stuff. And I was assistant coach at two or three different spots in Illinois and we came back for my 10-year reunion. I graduated in 87. Mm-hmm. So we came back from my 10-year reunion in uh, 97 and just happened to pick up the paper and I saw the job at Linmarr at that point they were looking for an attendance facilitator and a head wrestling coach. And so I applied for it and was fortunate enough to get it. And you know, it wasn't a wasn't a very coveted job at that point, you know, 25 years ago. So um but I was fortunate to get it. And I was in the right place at the right time. It was just one of those things that worked
0: out. Yeah. So so you weren't actually a PE teacher right out of the shoot. You were an what were you an administrator?
1: Well, I was certified in, in PE, mm-hmm. in drivers ed, and in health. Um, but I, this job was listed as a attendance facilitator. So they needed someone to come in and basically be the administrator for people that skipped and attendance issues and that kind of thing. Because they're at that point, the high school was kind of. A little bit rougher, and kids are starting mm-hmm. to do those types of things, and they're starting to lose a little control. From what I understood, so they wanted to bring someone in and say, "All right, you're gonna be in charge of going around if kids miss class. You ask them why, and if it's not a good reason, you assign them some detention or, mm-hmm. or whatever." And um, I did that for about ten years, and then the last about fifteen years, I've been a PE teacher.
0: Really, well, cool. How did you segue into PE? Did you is that the route you always wanted to go? Was to be a PE teacher?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind my attendance job, but it wasn't, it was, you know, you're dealing with um, the negative side of school, you know, you're asking kids why were you gone? Why were you skipping? So that, that kind of wore on you a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't mind it that much, but Mm -hmm. ultimately I wanted to get in PE, where it's a little bit uh, more, you know, probably positive for the most part.
0: Yeah. And and as you mentioned, Linmar, wasn't really a coveted job back in the day. You know, how did you end up putting it on the map as, as a, well-respected job in iowa um
1: i just went to you know well first of all i had a couple assistant coaches that stuck with the program Mm -hmm. and we said we're going to do it a little differently we're gonna we're gonna roll our sleeves up we're gonna get after it we're gonna have this style of wrestling that we're gonna implement and the club was always pretty good so it's not like i went into a program that was completely you know nothing there i mean they had Mm -hmm. a good good there's good people around the good wrestling club has always been the Linmar wrestling club or Lion wrestling club, whatever you want to call it. Has always, uh, had good numbers and it just never translated into success at the high school level for the most part. So it's just I had a couple of coaches that was willing to stick around the Ron staff and, and you have someone like Jay borsho you know, right place at the right time. And yeah. I know when I came, he, he was in like, um, fourth, fifth grade, something like that. And I knew they were, considering moving because they wanted to be in a competitive program and wanted to have good coaches and they, their family, you know, stuck with me and said, we're going to do this the right. Right. We're going to help you build this. And, you know, he came along, he was a freshman with uh, a good senior class five years into my time here and just kind of mesh. And that put us on the map, getting third mm-hmm. and state and just at, uh, the duels and third at state and traditional. And that kind of said, all right, we're, we're, we, we've arrived, mm-hmm. but how are we going to keep it there? And so, and, you know, people like McDonough and, and Borchel and now the Noctoborns and, mm-hmm. you know, the parks and just all kinds of different, you know, names have come through, Jeffrey and all the state champs we've had. It's just, you know, I feel like I was at the right place at the right time and I've had some awesome, awesome kids, awesome assistant coaches.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's where, that's that's the key to, to my program is being willing to get get adult. Men to come in and help me, you know, <laughs> I've had some uh, awesome, awesome assistant
0: coaches. Yeah. You, who who have been some of your assistant coaches that have helped you along the way?
1: Oh, Jason Haig um, was there for quite a few years. We're going to the Glenn brand um, uh, Hall of Fame induction tonight for Jay Borschel.
0: Oh, nice!
1: And uh, that's up in Waverly, and mm-hmm. I'm going with my wife. And Jason Hag is the coach at Marion. He was a big part of uh, me helping kind of turn the program around early on, and then he went over to Marion to coach. So he's going with me as as uh, you know, he's one of the main training partners for Jay uh, as he came up through there, especially as he got a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, him and Ryan Gatto and Kevin, Kevin McCauley was there. Kurt Enoch stuck it out. There's only three of us to start with. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where I've, and a lot of them have been around for, you know, they, they coach for 10 years or 15 years of their life. They don't just coach for two or three and then move on. It's that consistency in our program that, you know, is really important.
0: Yeah. And I was thinking before, you know, um, a couple days leading up to this, you have the Borschels and McDonough's and you said the not, um, not Gabor and sorry if I pronounced it yep. wrong. Um, but there have been also some success stories about people just even getting the state or meeting the podium as those are big deals. Are they just as big a deal to you getting those dreams accomplished as they are, say like a Jay Borshall and a McDonough?
1: Well, I guess I, my my um thought would be I do a better job coaching those kids probably than I do the Borshalls and the McDonoughs and the Wimpens. I mean, they come in your they come in your program really good already. Mm-hmm you know and the fact that you can help them stay at that level and keep improving that's part of my coaching job as well but it's the kids that start in 7th grade you know they haven't wrestled only a couple of years and here you know mm-hmm. those are the the stories i look back at you know the the phil porters who's on the state finals uh chris mcdonald that 2002 team we had three guys in the finals mm-hmm. you know Jay won it the other two guys in the finals they started wrestling in 7th grade you know so 5 years after they started wrestling they're in the state finals one of them loses and overtime you know so he's that close to a state championship and he's only been wrestling five years and you know those and those are the types of kids that you need to to fulfill a lineup you know if you Mm -hmm. want to be competitive you got to have your two or three superstars you better have another seven or eight good kids that are willing to you know be coachable and, and learn and by the time they're sophomores juniors seniors because they're limited experience they're they're you know, state placements and state qualifiers and pushing to be state champs. And that, that's what makes, that's what makes the difference, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about a full lineup or a good lineup. Let's time travel a little bit back to when you were in high school, there was you and your brother, there was Max Bumgardner the Gaffneys, the Parmelies. You guys had a pretty solid team at Starmont, you know? Like, yeah, that was yeah. pretty pretty studs. Those are some big names.
1: Yeah, Doug Guilford was, was, a, was a good mm-hmm. high school coach for me. I really respected how he did things. And, you know, he was, he was the same way. We're gonna come in, we're gonna work hard, and no nonsense, and, and get after it. And, um, you know, we were never able to get a state trophy. We were close, we were like half a point out from a state trophy one of those two years. And, but we, like I said, we had some good kids, you know, that we're willing to, you know, be multi-sport athletes and 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 work really hard and, and do a hard thing, right? Wrestling's not easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, multi-sport athletes um, in a small school, you, you kind of – that's where everyone does, you know. I came from a small school. We all had to do multiple sports. We yep. didn't have to, but, you know, we did – so that took up some wrestling time. So how did you – how did you guys become so good, you know, when we didn't have clubs either back in the day, you know, there was no Seabolt Wrestling Academy or Moan, you know, wrestling Academy. How did you guys become so good? And how'd you become so good? You and Kent, you know, specifically.
1: Well, I was, we had an older brother that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, got into the sport. So that's what got our family into it. My dad didn't wrestle in high school. And, you know, so he's the one that kind of got the family started and he he was a state place winner a couple of times. And, you know, I was, he's like, He's like five or six years older than I am. So by the time he was doing it, I was, you know, second grade, starting early and just wrestling a lot of matches. Like I said, we didn't have the clubs back then. I didn't, he didn't do freestyle. I was a baseball guy. So I played baseball all summer and didn't go to Fargo, didn't do that kind of stuff. So just one of those things where you, you know, God given town a little bit and work hard and see where that takes you. It's basically my story probably.
0: Really? and And then Kent, he followed and yeah, no disrespect to your brother, obviously was really good too. Um, but Kent just kind of followed in your footsteps and just did what you wanted to do or, or did he yeah. take it to a whole. N-
1: yeah. I would guess, you know, he was the same. I mean, he, he didn't go to a club either. you know, <laughs> he, he wasn't, he wasn't a baseball in summer for school, but you know, you had jobs. You had to pick up rocks. You had to bale hay, and you know it's not like you spend your whole summer wrestling. And where would you go to do it? You know, yeah. You know, you know how it is living out in Northeast Iowa. It's like you know we're an hour from Waterloo, we're an hour from Cedar Rapids, and there wasn't many clubs in the country area either at that point. So,
0: yeah, true. Yeah, there, and still to this day, there's you still got to travel. You know, if you're in that part of the area. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you do. Um, When you went back for the first time to wrestle at Starmont or to coach, I guess I should say, what was that like to go into that, you know, into that gymnasium?
1: It was fun. I mean, it's nice to see my, you know, some of my old coaches were still coaching there and the old administrators and teachers were still around a little bit at that point. They hadn't all retired. So Mm -hmm. it it was fun to go see that, you know, the old school.
0: Yeah. That was a tough tournament. I remember back in the day. Linmar, you guys were there. We were the MFL you know, West Delaware. I mean, that tournament yeah. used to be top notch. Like, if you were a good team, you were there. I remember those those battles with Padretti and McDonough. And yep, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what kind of tournaments now are you guys headed heading to? Instead of you know that one kind of slowed down a little bit. What ones now are you kind of putting on your plate?
1: um we go to Donnybrook uh at the beginning of the season um and then the Battle of Waterloo so that, that's mm. the first half of our season there's two pretty yeah. good one you know almost one of the better individual tournaments you'll see in the nation to start our season off and then probably one of the better if not the best dual week tournament in the state to mm. end right before Christmas So that's kind of the first half of our schedule and the second half we do um We go to Ankeny, Clinton's a good tournament, of course our conference, uh, somewhere along the way there, um, we have host our dual meet tournament after Christmas. So it's a good mix, good mixture Mm -hmm. of dual meets and individual tournaments and a little bit of traveling, but not, you know, going all the way across the country, obviously, but Mm
0: -hmm. a good mix. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we touched on that. You started coaching Linmar in 97. How, how have you kind of evolved over the years? I mean, 25 years, you been coached longer than these kids have been alive you know so what what, what's it been like coaching you know since the late 90s until now
1: you you learn how to evolve right Mm -hmm. you better you know two years are the same and that's kind of hopefully you'd say that you know that all right i don't do things the same way we might have been done really well last year or the previous year or previous couple of years. But if you stop evolving and stop trying to, to tweak things in a, in a positive manner, then people start passing you by. So that that's kind of the, the hardest thing to just kind of make sure that you keep that mindset. And we told our team when we ended last season, you know, we had a pretty good year and we had 10, 10 qualifiers. I think nine of them are back. Um, our biggest probably, um, Thing that's going to keep us back this coming up year is complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't. I think we. I could have done nothing all summer and all spring, and, and we would have had a good team. We're going to have a good team next year. Mm-hmm. But I don't want a good team. I want a great team. You know, so it's one of those things where you got to keep keep evolving, keep pushing, get your kids into the spring wrestling, get them in the summer wrestling, get them in the weight room, and it's just a constant. You know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't let up.
0: Yeah, have you ever felt like? That burnout, you know, when we talk about athletes getting burnout sometimes, you know, what about you as a coach? Do you ever have you ever gotten that where you're like, oh, man, like today's not the day or I just need a break?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh sure. I mean, that's that's what you tell your kids. If you're going to be a you know, that's that's wrestling. You know, there's going to be days you don't feel good. You got you got to go. You got to go to practice unless you're really, really sick. You know, you, you get to be an adult. There's going to be days you don't feel like going to work, but you get up and go to work, you know, and that's, that's just the way you got to do – that's the way life is, if someone that's tough-minded or has that wrestling mindset. So that's where we kind of you know, take this sport, and that's where you make people into uh, good young men and young women now that we have girls on our team and, and just to – be productive members of society and not someone just wants to, you know, what What are you going to give me? I got to go out there and earn it. I got to go out there and get to work and roll my sleeves up. And I, I got a job to do. And um, yeah, there are certain times, especially with COVID the last couple of years, that was mm-hmm. a couple of years of, you know, a lot of added things on your plate. Mm-hmm. you, Normally, didn't have you know as far as who has COVID, who's in quarantine. You got to pass out uh, tickets now or or wristbands to parents and who can get in and who can't get in. And so that was a that was a tough two years for everyone, you know, coaches, ADs, parents, you know. Um, but we got through it, and you know, the good news is we had a pretty competitive team. So that always helps when you're <laughs> when you're competitive and you're winning. That 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 always. You know, makes things feel better than maybe what they are so I guess that was a fortunate part of, of us in this last couple of years we were, we were really competitive and we got a pretty good uh, nucleus coming back next year and into mm-hmm. the future so that that always you know generates some some power you know you're starting to feel down and say all right you know winning winning helps you know?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it sure does what when you, you also mentioned earlier about the the line wrestling club when did that start you know, when did you guys start that or that was way before my time.
1: Like I said, really? that was that was up and running and rolling way into sixties, seventies, seventies, eighties, somewhere in there. So like I said that was one of the things when I came in, I started asking around what do you what can you tell me about the, the Linmar job? And you know, people Said, well, that high school job has got a lot of work to do, but you got a club that's that's competitive and has numbers, and and that's the starting point. You know, that's probably harder to generate the start of a club than it is to regenerate some high school um, talent or enthusiasm. Mm
0: -hmm. Is the numbers itself?
1: Right, and there's numbers in the community. Mm -hmm. There's an expectation there, right? There's this altar. There's a a club for kids that want to do wrestling. It's not like no one knows about it. People knew who it was. One of the bigger tournaments in Northeast Iowa through through, uh, club season was always the Linmar Wrestling Tournament for little kids. Really? Um, People told me that, that are my age. You know, I wrestled in that back when I was, you know, 10 years old and boy, that was a a barn burner of a tournament. It was eight, it was eight man brackets and they knew the brackets were going to be tough. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing that that was always, it's always been here. It was that, that club club that was pretty good.
0: Did you ever wrestle at that Linmar tournament back in your day? I did not. Nope. Nope. The, The independence tournament was always the big one back in, back in my day. Yeah, we 16, went to
1: independence.
0: Man. Yep. That was a tough one. That um, old gym, yep. Yes, yes. They had like two gyms. They had one upstairs and then they had the one downstairs in the, the basement. Cafeteria, yeah. Yeah, the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> what um so af- after you competed at Starmont, you went to Iowa. Um, what was that like? was that like a major shift being from a small town? Did you live in Strawberry Point, Arlington, or Lamont? I'm an Arlington guy. Arlington, okay. Yeah cool um was that kind of a big shift going to the University of Iowa or had you been there and it was just like another day
1: oh I don't I guess I wouldn't say neither one of those it wasn't a a really big shift, but I hadn't been there a lot. You know, I'd never mm-hmm. been to an Iowa wrestling meet, which was kind of odd to say. You know, I talked to people about, you know, going to watch Iowa in the Field House, and yeah, it was really cool in there. I don't know if you ever ever been in the old Field House to watch a meet or not, but I hadn't. And mm-hmm. just one of those things where, you know, I I thought I wanted to wrestle after college, and. I, after high school and then kind of got burned out a little bit there my junior senior year. And you make a comment like, well, I don't know if I'm going to wrestle after college, you make that one comment. And coaches obviously stop calling you, you know, mm-hmm. so you kind of don't do yourself any, any favors there. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't a big summer guy. So it's not like they were seeing me wrestle at Fargo. You had a two-time state champ, and, of course, you're going to got a younger brother. They're going to pay a little bit more attention to you, too, to try and get you in, so hopefully your brother follows you. be would be part of my story, I would guess. Um, it was just one of those things where it felt right, and I, I didn't want to move that far away from from home to go to college, and mm-hmm. said, I'll go. I mean, like I said, I, wasn't, I was not a two-time state champ. It's not like I was a blue-chip recruit or anything like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't sell yourself too short there. Two-time state champ, I mean – I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at,
1: right? You know? But it's Iowa, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's, it's it's the best best college program in, in the in the nation, and and like I said, everyone there is multiple time state champs. Difference mm-hmm. was a lot of those other guys I was going in with were national champs. They were going to Fargo. They were doing the Greco stuff, and and I wasn't doing that, so I didn't mm-hmm. have that that recognition behind my name that they had. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a little different.
0: Yeah, I mean, you still ended up being an All American. Yeah. You know? yep. So, you know, does that kind of prove, you know, your your worth a little bit there, you know, eh, two-time state champ, but you, you end up being an all-American and that's, that's tough enough as it is, you know, we can go through the list of all people who. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know?
1: I mean, it's one thing where I, I kind of, one of those things we're going through that program, a one time all-American You think, like, Oh God, I, did, I didn't do my job. I didn't get it done. But then, you know, as you get older, you look back and you, you, you look at stuff like that. It's, it's a, it was a pretty big deal. It's not, not many people can say that they have that listed behind their name as a, a D1 all American. So mm-hmm. I get that part, but I also get the part that, you know, uh, I, I could have done better. Maybe I should have done better, you know, mm-hmm. that was my sophomore year. And I didn't find my way back into the lineup. And, but that's my history. You know, that's, that's part of who, what made me who I am. And, you know, part of that experience makes me a better college coach. Our high mm-hmm. school coach. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got kids that struggle. We got a competitive program now. I had, you know, numerous times over the last ten years where I've got some really, really good kids that maybe could be state place winners or for sure state qualifiers, but because our lineup was so jumbled up, they couldn't even make the the lineup on our team. And you know, so I can have some empathy for them. Saying, you oh, know, I've been there. You know, mm-hmm. I've been there at the a bigger bigger stage than what you're at. You know, I was an all American and didn't couldn't make the lineup. So I, it gives me that perspective that I think is really important that, you know, I can, I can kind of see where they're coming from. And hopefully I can tell them say, you know, the answer is not to quit, not to move, not to transfer. The answer is get back to work and see if you can change that. And ultimately, ultimately I couldn't change it for myself, but that's, that's how you do it.
0: Wow. That's, that's pretty powerful stuff there. You know Um, I think a lot of people or a lot of coaches probably don't have that perspective that you, that you just explained.
1: No, probably not. I mean, I think most coaches are are probably pretty good wrestlers and you go where you're going to succeed and you know, it's, it's, it's rare. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think my, my experience is probably, uh, you know, I see it every three or four years. Has anybody ever done this or that? And <laughs> of course my name pops up as, you know, we had 11 all Americans on that team coming back. I was one of them. So I was the odd man out. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where that's just, just, it made me who I am. And like I said, it gives me a perspective that, that I think I can use to my advantage as a coach.
0: Yeah. How, how did you handle that in the moment as an athlete? You know, when, when you didn't make the lineup.
1: Well, it wasn't very fun. Let's yeah. put it that way. And, you know, I, me looking hindsight, I think I should have, I should have worked harder. You know, mm-hmm. I should have went back to work. I should have spent more time in the room. I should have done things a little differently. And, you know, at a certain point there I started to party a little bit because I didn't have a spot and, you know, that didn't help, you know? So <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you, you learn from it and, you know, there's certainly things I would do differently if I could, but you, you don't get that
0: chance. hmm yeah do do most of your wrestlers do they know doug striker the wrestler do they know about your you know your history and how, um, how talented you were or, or do they only see you as doug striker the coach i would guess most of them
1: it's just a coach you know i don't i rarely, rarely talk about my time at iowa because in in the grand scheme of things it's not gonna do anything for them Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, so they gotta they gotta believe in who I am as a coach by what they see on a daily basis, not by you know what I did thirty years ago. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's always maybe nice to have in your back pocket to say, you know, <laughs> I like this situation, I was here. I I, 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 I'm, I did I lost my spot. You know, you lost your spot. Let's figure out a way to to get through it or whatever. And but it's to me, it's it's probably not that important.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. This may be a silly question, but I thought I'd shoot it to you anyway. Winning a state title or coaching a state title, how do you compare the two?
1: Oh, um, they're so different. You know, mm-hmm. coaching a state title is just a different sense of pride. It's a lot harder. Because you don't have any control. I mean, you have very little control—not that you don't have any control—but mm-hmm. you know, you're telling the kids what to do and ask them to do certain things, and, and trying to get them in a certain training. But you don't know what they're eating, and you know, it's just—it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, you know, getting a state title as an individual, it, it's a lot of, I guess, maybe enterprise of look what I did, and you, you help someone get a state title as a coach. It's—it's it's more look what we did. You know, and most of the goes back to the kid. Look what you did. You know, you do, you, you probably trained a lot in the dark where people don't Mm -hmm. see what you're doing and that's the way it should be. But, you know, don't be afraid to look around and say, all right, look, look who helped you. And I'm talking about me. I'm talking about your parents and your teammates and your assistant coaches and your training partners and, and look around, you know, have Mm -hmm. some gratitude, you know, because you're here mainly because of what you did, because that's the sport of wrestling, but not entirely by just what you did.
0: Mm -hmm. Does it ever get old? Oh, that no. seems like a silly question. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, no it never gets old. And like I said, you, you hopefully don't take it for granted. You know, I've, I've had some really good kids come through and, you know, when Jay was going for his fourth title, he was pretty, pretty highly favored. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to get in that position. Oh, we're going to win a state title tonight and our fourth state title and this and that. And you don't want to take any of that for granted because it's, it's so special and so hard to do, um, at this level, especially, you know, nowadays and especially in 3A in Iowa where mm-hmm. you know, we are going against some of these super teams. You know, you got, <laughs> the, the, they're ranked nationally all over the place. So it's not it's, it's a little bit different than when, when I went through, you know, 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Tate won his – he won his third state title this past year. Second. Second. Sorry. Yep. yep. Second. Um, Had a great junior duels. He's going to Iowa State. Yep. I mean, yep. Yeah, really it's good different. week. Yep. Yeah. Did you do you go to that stuff and and watch or um do you kind of hang back here in, in Linmar? No, in I hang
1: back and we got uh um, re- weightlifting going on three days a week for the kids that are still here. And mm-hmm. and um you know, we have open rooms on Sundays and you know, like I said, those those guys like Tate, he's they've got a good foundation and they got the the USA. Iowa wrestling is is really well run now, yeah. and, and really got it rolling. You know, and with clubs going on, they've got good coaching other than me. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, the only thing going on here. So Tate's got a, mm. a good group in his corner with between our staff and the staff at Big Game where he goes to you know, the club he goes to. So, yeah, that's kind of what I do.
0: Yeah, what kind of uh, what do you focus on in the offseason? Then, like this year, do you focus on different things every year? Or do you kind of keep it the same, kind of structure-wise?
1: No, we were different. I mean, like I yeah. said, I tell the kids when they come in, I said, "Watch, watch wrestling. You know, it's all over the place. Especially if you have mm-hmm. a float Wrestling account, you can watch a lot of wrestling almost all year round. Especially now with all the freestyle stuff coming up." And we tell them, I said, "This is the this is what I saw the other the other night between uh, Jordan Oliver and Zane Rutherford. This is a position that's working at a high level." Mm-hmm. So we kind of look at some of these, that's where I get the content. I want to coach in the summer. So you can't go to the same old, all right, we're going to work on a high crotch. And we spend a lot of time sprawling in the season and this and that, just kind of get off the beaten path a little bit and, and do some things that you kind of see from the senior level guys or college guys that are wrestling in the spring and trying, and, like I said, you're always evolving.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the sport seems like it's, it's evolving too. Um, in a good way. You know, now we got the, what do you think of the duels being moved now to, was it the week before state and extreme arena? No, That's it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a, I've been waiting 10 years for that. <laughs> I can't believe it's taken 10
1: years to be out yeah. of going through what we've been through the last 10 years with duels the day before state. And it was just, a, it, it was horrendous in my mind that, that they would, they would have kept with that schedule
0: yeah i never I never understood that either. I remember back in the day <laughs> back in my day what was it the the week after or was it the week before it was week after it was the week after yeah yeah what what's it like taking a team to dual team state? you know we never unfortunately never made it. We were close a couple times, but always seems like it'd just be an amazing experience
1: yeah it is. i mean it's a, it's an amazing experience for the kids, but it's a lot of All right, you gotta now we gotta plan another night or two in the hotel, and we're gonna take with us the logistics of it. All right, well, how we gonna manage our kids, especially the way it was? Our biggest concern was, all right, how we gonna manage the kids that we're trying to that qualified for the individual tournament? Hmm. All right, how we gonna manage their their day? I was never a big I was I was I was an opponent of this. I didn't I didn't like it. I mean, so I was not gonna throw my kids, all right, we're gonna wrestle three duels, you starters, you're gonna wrestle three times. I didn't like it. So I was I was under the mindset that all right, we gotta try and manage this to give our kids the best chance at winning a state title on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And if that meant we had to get fifth in the duels instead of third or you know eighth there's, there's a couple years there where we qualified and everyone knew going in because of my stance and I made it very public that I'm not wrestling my starters I had I had a good team one of a couple of good teams there we had eight state place winners ended up and I knew we were going to be good going in and I said we have a chance to win the individual state tournament but if we get dinged up and nicked up and you know kids are cutting weight that extra day and it's an extra stress i thought i'd keep them fresh and and we just went in and we said all right we're wrestling our jv kids and we take took eighth place you know mm-hmm. lose three duels but that's no fun either you know, yeah, you're sitting around watching your JV kids get pummeled by other people's varsity, and it's no fun for them, even though they got to wrestle the state, the state duels. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a stance we took for a couple of years there, and in these last couple of years, we didn't take that stance. We said, all right, we're going to go partially in, and and when we get to a certain point, we're going to start pulling guys out, or or that type of stuff. So there's a lot of logistic logistical matchups like that mm-hmm. that we were thinking through as we got to the state duels.
0: Yeah, it's got to be a tough situation for a coach to, you know, juggle winning versus health versus, you know, student athlete. Like, it seems like a lot and you never know. Do you ever feel like you don't know if you're making the right decision?
1: Oh, always. always, I mean, you're always trying to, you know, ask your assistant coaches, what do you guys think? Because, you know, like I said, I'm. I'm a little bit older than my assistant coaches or most, most of them. I said, what do you guys think is a younger generation, you know, or sometimes I'll ask the athletes. I try and avoid that because, you know, then you're opening up a Pandora's box and everyone's got their own um, advice of what you should do. And I don't want to go there, but we'd ask the, the coaches and see what they thought and, you know, just kind of go from there and see, see what makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, do you have any like mottos that you live by or or that you, you know, like as a team, your culture that you like to build your culture around?
1: Um. Yeah, there's probably there's two things that we have on our walls in our wrestling room. Um, one was one is just expect to win. Um. We one of the first things I did when I got to Linmar on the door that leads into the wrestling room. I just with paint. It wasn't very pretty. I just wrote <laughs> expect to win in red paint because when i got there people were oh, we're gonna oh come in we'll maybe work hard here or there but the mindset wasn't there right i'm gonna i expect to win this match i might not be favored but i'm gonna give myself a chance to win i'm gonna expect to win i'm gonna train like i expect to, to win matches so as a mindset so what we did is we all right every time you come into the room because it's the entry door i want you to touch that Expect to win, so you come in with the mindset of, all right, what can I get done today to give myself the best chance to win as many matches as possible, knowing that, all right, you're not going to have 14 guys go undefeated. Right, that's not the point. of The point is, come in with a purpose. Come in with a work ethic that, all right, what can I get done today? So when that opportunity, come, opportunity comes up for me to get my hand raised, the percentages go up for me. And, you know, then when you leave, touch the door on the way out. That's your time to reflect. Now, what did I do? Maybe you had a, a crappy practice and I didn't really live up to that today. That's the reality of it. Own it, right? Make mm-hmm. make sure that tomorrow is a better day. Um, so that's one of the few things we do um, have that. Uh, we got a brand new wrestling room. So I took the door off mm-hmm. the hinges from the old room and I mounted it on the wall in the new wrestling <laughs> room. So it's still there. So as you enter, they got a door from that was painted 25 years ago. And I tell that story every year. This is, you know, this just doesn't happen. That mindset does not just happen. You've got to keep in mind what you're doing. You've got to focus as you come into the room. Um, so they still touch the door as they walk into the room and touch when they go out. And, and, and um, that's probably the main one we, we go by. And I call it the wrestler mentality. You know, and then wrestlers are different. Um, hopefully your, your mindset is different. And that's what mm-hmm. makes you having a better chance of being successful later in life. I think, you know, people say, all right, I want to hire someone. I'm, uh, were you a wrestler in high school? All right, I, I'm going with you, you know, <laughs> rather than someone that, that wasn't a wrestler or wasn't an athlete, maybe. Which is mm-hmm. one of those things on your resume that should set you apart from other people
0: yeah true true um uh, do you have um did you have bring anything from your wrestling days into your coaching that you still implement
1: um we're we're probably the biggest thing that i would say i bring personally would be um the top wrestling that we're kind of known for and chicken wings mm-hmm. i'm kind of a crazy in the mind with i think a, <laughs> a lot of times you can get a good wing in or a double wing. Um, uh, it's very beneficial. I I used, I was a good rider in college. I was a good rider in high school. I was a pinner in high school. I was a pinner in college. And like I said, it's the object of the game is to pin your opponent. So, Mm -hmm. you know, letting a guy up and taking him down. eh, That's one thing, but can you, can you show complete dominance, which is the pin?
0: Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, you versus Kent, you get this question often who, who would, <laughs> who, would, who would come out on top? You think?
1: Well, we don't get that very often. Just because <laughs> of the size difference. You know, yeah. he was a 100, 103 pounder, and mm-hmm. he, went to, he never got bigger than like one twenty 120 or one twenty five. So mm-hmm. we never wrestled that much. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe screwing around, maybe more fighting than anything. Mm-hmm. But as far as a wrestling match, it was there's just too much of a size difference.
0: So you're team. saying so? So you're saying, without saying that you you'd probably you'd probably take him.
1: Well, I better not lose to a <laughs> little bullshit. <little> <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, who's been? You mentioned Doug Guilford. Who has he been, or who has been, if not him, the most influential in your in your wrestling life? Because you've been around some some pretty amazing people.
1: Yeah, I, I would say high school wise, Coach Guilford, and then uh, our high school football coach, Coach Barkley. Were the two in high school? Uh-huh. The two guys are just you know we're going to do it a certain way. We're going to work hard. You know, this is not a, you know, a playtime. We're going to come here and work and just that mindset and the type of people they were in our community. You know, they were well-respected. I mean, they were just like, oh, there's Coach Gopher. There's Coach Barkley. I mean, that's what I wanted to be in my community when I, in my age, and hopefully – People look at me and say, "Oh, there's Coach Striker," and you know, not value me because we're a good wrestling program, but because of how we treat kids and what our program stands for. Um, so that'd be the two high school coaches that really impacted me and along those lines. And then you get to college, obviously, you know, uh, probably the coaches I, I could talk to the, the the easiest would be Mark Johnson and Barry Davis, and then obviously your your coach your coach dan gable you know he was he was so intense that sometimes that was you know something that i couldn't relate to because i wasn't that intense of a person like terry and tom brands and some of these other other people um but i certainly he had a lot of impact on on how i run my wrestling practices and how things are done the right way in wrestling um but as far as the personal side of it um, is mark johnson and, and barry davis were the two that i connected with when i was an athlete Mm -hmm. Um, but I see coach coach Gable a lot now um, because he lives in Iowa city and he's got Mm -hmm. grandkids who go to city high. And so I see him at quite a few events every year. And so he's the one I see the most now. So I talk Mm -hmm. to him the most and about different things and, you know, go up to say hi to him and and talk to him for for a few minutes every time I see him. So I like seeing him and his wife, Kathy. And so that, that relationship is still there, obviously. Um, But the the time I, I was at Iowa, Just because of my mindset and how I was an athlete, I, I, he was, he was so intense and and that's a good thing, Mm -hmm. but I had a hard time adjusting to that.
0: Do you think that's helped you in your, in your coaching? Cause I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of the same way. And that much intensity, like I don't know how well I would handle that, you know, has that kind of impacted things also, not only the good, but the bad where you're like, okay, I don't think I want to do that or be that intense,
1: you no, know? I, I think you take it in perspective, right? Mm. I don't coach at Iowa. I coach at Linmar and I'm mm. an high school <laughs> coach. And, you know, that, so that perspective is there. But also the biggest thing I probably did for me is to make sure that I have the different personalities on my staff that can say, all right, not everyone's going to think Coach Stryker's the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them might, very few of them might, but <laughs> the other coaches that I have that, Really, are good people person. They're good at wrestling. Obviously, they're good training partners. They're college wrestlers themselves, so that value is is is, is awesome. But just the fact that they how they relate to kids, and I, I'm not a, a hunter but most of my assistant coaches are. So I always hear them talking with the kids about hunting and fishing and turkey hunting, and, you know, I get tired of hearing it because it's not <laughs> something that I do or I it's something I ever did. But it's just those relationships that, you know, I, I kind of related to Mark Johnson and Barry Davis for, for whatever reason. So I have kids on my on my program that relate to Ryan Gatto and Mike Gears and, and Jason Hag when he was here and Bo Westfall and, and all these other guys that, that just have different – You know backgrounds, which is -hmm.
0: new. Yeah, yeah. So your your coaches are in a way kind of opposite of you, or just a little bit different than you to keep that kind of larger umbrella. Is that what? Yeah,
1: I I would. would, Opposite is not the right word because we're Mm -hmm. so in step with how basically how we deal with kids and how we think the sport of wrestling is important, but not mm-hmm. too important. Um, just the fact that they're very complimentary. I mean, yeah. they, okay. They, they like the things that the hunting stuff that I never got into that I don't see, you know, and some of the coaches are always talking about uh, which wrestling shoes you got. And they're always talking <laughs> about, types of shoes. I'm not a you a wrestling shoe guy or not, but I'm not. I have one pair and I'll put them on for a couple of years when they wear, wear out. I'll throw them away and buy new ones. We got some of these coaches and, and kids that are shoe, you know, aficionados. They're always talking about which <laughs> brand of shoe and which one's this and that. And It's just one of those relationship
0: things that I think is pretty cool. Yeah. What, what shoes do you have? Just the Nike.
1: A couple years old, three or four yeah. years old. Yep. <laughs>
0: No, I was never a shoe guy either. I think it was whatever my parents bought me is what I was yeah. going to wear. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, well, growing up in Starmont, um, what did you kind of do for fun up in Starmont or in Arlington? I should say. I yeah. Yeah. All together.
1: Well, it was a different time back then. Right. Mm-hmm. You got football. I did football, mm-hmm. wrestling and baseball. So it was a lot of sports most of the year, not all the year. I did a little bit of track, not, not a whole lot, but, you know, that was it. Basically you do your sports, you hang out with your friends, you, you bail, hay, you pick up rocks, you, you do the things that kids do on the farm and, and you don't know any different, you know, mm-hmm. how'd,
0: how'd, you have, different? how'd you have time for sports? If you grew up on a farm, that, that's what always gets me. I mean, I hear my dad talk about it. And it seems like there wasn't a lot of time, at least on his farm or my mom's farm for All these sports. Well, it's it's
1: what your parents allow you to do. You know, Mm -hmm. my I was very lucky. I had parents that, yeah, we were farmers and and did concrete work on the side, and so that was a job as well that we did doing concrete work. But you know, when it's time for sports, he said go. And when you come back, all right, the work will be here for you. You know, they were they were, they were really good as far as just supporting us and making us work hard, but not the fact not so hard they would take away from that once-in-a-lifetime high school experience, which you, you always got work, you know. Yeah. You're always gonna have work to do if you wanna do it later in life, but you don't always have the high school things you can do. And they were they were really good at that and make hold us accountable, but at the same time, all right, you got something to do. Sport wise or high school wise, go and then come back. You'll we'll find something for you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) when you come back, we'll find something. So basically, when you come back on the farm, we'll don't worry. There'll be work waiting for you. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like I said, we did concrete work in the summer. We put in barn
1: cleaners and do all the concrete work around that. So a lot of you know pushing wheelbarrows full of
0: concrete and troweling and all that stuff. (laughs) Sounds tough. That sounds tough right there. That sounds probably worse than wrestling practice. Yeah. But
1: it's perspective.
0: Like I said, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it gives you a perspective in life that, that,
1: you know, things get hard. Well, it could be harder. It could be worse. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? There's different jobs that people look at and say, Oh God, that's terrible. you don't know terrible, you know, being terrible yet then apparently.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, um, probably wrap it up here. I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me. I know. You're probably a busy guy, even in the offseason. So got all sorts of things to do. Um, But I want to leave with this. How important is it to have guys like Borschel and McDonough still kind of hang around the program and have younger kids or kids now in high school see those faces of, you know, past success stories that, that you've coached?
1: Well, I think it's important just to, you know, make sure that we we represent, like we have a wall of state place winners and if you're a state place winner, you get your picture of you on the stand on the wall and all that's motivation you know whether you whether you're trying to get your name there or you're trying to get your name on the just the list of kids that were just state qualifiers but you didn't place or maybe we got a list out at the other end of the room that's aau qualifiers Mm -hmm. or place winners or super peewee it's just in all of our posters out there that we do every year that you know you don't have to be a state place winner to get on our poster and represent our program you know there's certain things in this room that we have that you could be up here three or four times as, a, as an individual without being very good at wrestling but you do have to be good at some of the other stuff we talk about like being being a hard worker and being empathetic and and having some gratitude and all the things that the program stands for you know so those are the things that we kind of have going on. obviously we have our little I don't know if you call it a shrine to jay and matt you know they're Division one national champions, you know, that's the ultimate of the ultimate uh, as opposed to, you know, you can still get the Olympics, but, you know, mm. two national champs in the same year. So obviously we try and and work that into, you know, this is what our program can do for you from a wrestling standpoint. But more importantly is, all right, do you see yourself over here? Are you going to do enough in the offseason? Because you have to do a certain amount of of mat time to get on our poster every year. I don't care mm. how good a wrestler you are, but you're going to come in, you're going to try and improve on where you are. Maybe you didn't win a single match last year, but you can still get on the posters just next to the, to the state champ. Right. But it's, it's, like I said, it's back to that mindset, you know, where's your expect to win mindset. How are you expecting to improve yourself? Um, So that's kind of what our program hopefully is about to these kids and we want them to see uh, we're, we're wrestlers. We're trying to win wrestling matches and mm-hmm. win state titles. So that's obviously spread out in a room. But more importantly, it's, it's the other stuff because then you know most of your kids aren't state champs. Mm-hmm. Most of your kids aren't state place winners. Okay, most of your kids probably aren't even state qualifiers. But you got a team of forty, and you know only ten of them are state qualifiers. That you usually got thirty kids. That, all right? What's their – What's their mindset? Hopefully, it's the same as the kids that are over here that are they're going to state. You know, that's what's going to help them out later in life. So, that's what we've really tried to do. And like I said, uh, you know, watching kids come back and into the room, Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, that's that's when you really a lot of pride comes out as a coach. You, know, you mm. took your time coming back, saying see how things are going. We can ask you how you're doing. You know, do you have any kids? Are you married yet?
0: You know, that's the, that's the value in coaching. Wow. That's, that's some pretty amazing stuff there that it seems like no matter where you're at in your wrestling journey, you're still along the way, you as a coach and as a programmer trying to highlight the good in each and every individual.
1: Well, I think that'd be the point, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's everyone's an individual and everyone has their their value and and we're trying to get the, the most value out of that individual, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone's gonna attain certain things in life. Um, but everyone has a potential, you know, and you gotta figure out what that potential is and, and maximize it. I mean that's yeah that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to maximize your potential in your life, no matter what, where that level is. I mean, maybe it's your, your level as a state qualifier, maybe your level as a JV kid, but you still got other things you can really go out and do at a high level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, that's a great place to, to end. But um, again, I appreciate you taking some time, sit down, chat with me this morning um, about your experience, about some Starmont days, Starmont <laughs> stars, <laughs> um, you know, and your time as a coach. Um, I
1: love talking wrestling, especially yeah. some Northeast Iowa guys like you. Like I said, I, I have no problems jumping on and talk wrestling and tell your tell your dad and your uncle hi. <laughs>
0: yeah, I sure will. Keep doing what you're doing. I, I love the conversation and um yeah. So Well,
1: thanks for promoting wrestling. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Awesome to see Northeast Iowa guys get out there and get after it.
0: Thanks again for listening to this episode of the let's talk wrestling podcast special thanks to my guest doug Stryker for taking the time to sit down and chat with me cover art created and designed by kristen gill please feel free to rate comment and subscribe to this podcast you can also check me out on facebook twitter instagram and snapchat to hear more of my content and as always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the let's talk wrestling podcast take care and we will see you next time